0: This is Artist Stories, a podcast that centers experiences of artists whose lives have left a lasting imprint on the Southern Arizona creative ecosystem. I'm Janae Sanchez, and today we welcome Spring Winders, designer, metalsmith, and entrepreneur. Spring, thank you for joining me on Artist Stories. Thank you for having me, Janae. Of course. So let's jump right in. Please introduce yourself, and I would love for you to begin talking about your connection to the Southwest. My name is Spring Winders
1: and I've been metalsmithing for about 10 years now here in Tucson. And as far as my connection to the Southwest, um, all almost all of my designs are inspired by the plants and animals that we find
0: here in the Sonoran Desert. Amazing. Amazing. i let's jump into your your backstory. I know you grew up in Sholo, Arizona. And within a creative environment, as far as like your mom being a ceramicist. And um, can you just talk about what that was like growing up and, and finding your way into this creative trajectory that you're on right now?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Sholo, Arizona, actually outside of town. So it was a really country, rural setting. Um, so I had a lot of experience being in nature from the start. Um, my mom was a working artist, ceramicist. Uh, so at a young age, I, I had a real life example of what it, what it looks like to do that for work, Mm -hmm. to make art as a job, which I'm, a lot of people don't have. And I'm very grateful for that, uh, because it kind of showed me that it's possible to, to, to make art as a job. I remember loving art from the beginning. I would draw with my mom. I would play in her clay studio. I would do some beaded work, um, because she did all kinds of art too, but mostly
0: ceramics. Amazing. So some of your earliest memories as far as jewelry making were with your mother Mm -hmm. in her studio? Okay. Yeah, those little seed beads. I know you took metalsmithing courses in college, but your your degree is actually in printmaking. Correct. How did that switch happen? I think I considered
1: myself a 2D artist for a long time, um, and I still am in some ways. I... Didn't really know what to study in college, like at the university in Flagstaff. I knew I wanted to do art, but I had a real hard time deciding what kind because I just wanted to do all, all of the art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, both printmaking and metalsmithing are very process-based, lots of steps. I think I chose printmaking because I thought I would have some like job opportunities later with that specific art degree. Okay. Um, I ended up not not using it very much after graduating, uh, but while I was in college, I that was my first introduction to metal smithing classes, and I did like it, but I didn't pursue that at the time until yeah until much later.
0: So, Spring, can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the correlations between your work as a 2D artist and now as a as a sculpture, essentially? Yeah. Um.
1: Sometimes. I, it, it really, I re- really see the work that I'm doing, sculpting these tiny little designs. And I remember that, yeah, I started out as a 2D artist. And it's I think that comes through in, I mean, sometimes I'll do like crosshatching on a sculptural piece just to get that texture, which is a 2D method. Um, right. But I still feel that that training and just that experience coming through in the 3D work that I do.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. And I love uh, when you refer to your, to your work as sculptural fashion. Um, And we could talk more about that. But let's get into heliotrope. You started your, your company in 2014. And I know this was a very important time for you because you became an entrepreneur, but also a mother of twins. Well, I had been
1: living in Tucson for a couple years at the time, and I had been dabbling in metalsmithing. Um, I had taken a class at at Pima Community College uh, to kind of give me some, like, as a refresher course to see Mm -hmm. if I wanted to pursue it more because it had been so long since I had taken those classes in college. Um, after taking that class, I decided I really liked it. So I started to pursue it more. I worked out of a community jewelry studio club where I could use their uh, machinery and equipment without having to buy it all myself up front. I did that for a couple years and then, but I was still in the, I was bartending at uh, Club Congress at the time and gradually collecting tools and equipment so that one day, I could have my own studio. In 2014, I was su- surprised to find out that I was pregnant with twins. Okay. Big surprise. Uh, a few months before they were born, I registered Heliotrope like as a legit business, yeah. um, just so that I would have that in place, even though I ended up not doing too much with the business for the first three years, because <laughs> yeah. I was just so busy with the babies.
0: Wow. So... In those three years, um, were you thinking about what heliotrope would become? Were you working on designs? I
1: I was still kind of dreaming at that yeah. point. Like mm-hmm. I was just hoping that I would have time to focus on it in the future. I wasn't really able to very much until they started preschool when okay. they were three. And that's when my schedule opened up a little bit more so that I could start being more creative in that way.
0: So now... Heliotrope is thriving. You have your studio, your equipment, and studio assistants. How do you balance work and family life and a creative career? Are there moments when it's very separate, but also moments when it comes together?
1: Yeah. As as most parents know from experience, parenting can feel really overwhelming and like you lose a big part of yourself um, to the caretaking constant caretaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think carving out space for myself to make art made me feel less less like a shell of a person and helped me remember who I am. And um, yeah, reminded me that I'm more than just a parent. And so it it was very fulfilling in that way. So I tried to squeeze it in whenever I could, um, which helped because I had the little studio behind my house. So I could just kind of pop out. I didn't have to go anywhere. I could still be Home, technically, if the kids needed me. Yeah, it, it became really and still is really important to my sanity
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> to try to find that balance. I don't know if I would call it balanced um, because it's just so, you know, it's a roller coaster of give and take. Yeah, finding out, carving out time for myself really helped. And to, so I can focus on something that was just mine and yeah. didn't have anything to do with the kids. But also, yeah, as a way to include them, I do make art with them and I have on occasion set up a table in my studio and kind of put paper plates all over it with beads and pliers and wire and they they really like to like do that kind of handwork and just make like little necklaces or you know, window hangings or little sculptures.
0: Amazing. That's, that's incredible. I'm just thinking about like, you as a young person doing something very similar with your mom. And, you know, that's something exactly. you're, you're doing with your, with your girls.
1: Yeah. People, you can, I'm showing them by example that they could, that being an artist as a job is a possible path.
0: Right, right. And they have two parents as examples doing just that, living yes. their careers as creatives. So, I'm sure they are fully inspired.
1: That's a big part of it too. I want to shout out my partner, Logan, because none of this would be possible without him. He's been a huge help in supporting this like art business dream that I've had. He's been working hard to support the family financially while I get Heliotrope off the ground.
0: Yeah, shout out to artists, couples, parents, and work. Couples who support what, you know, an artist in in the relationship. Yes. Can we talk about just where you get your inspiration from? This place holds such significance to your practice. Can you talk a little bit about that? And yeah, I know you're you're also connected to some organizations in the region. Why is that important to you?
1: I am so endlessly inspired by uh, the animals and plants in this desert. It's so vibrant and unusual. I'll never run out of inspiration just from what, what I see around me with these, with these wild life forms. I have partnered up with four organizations so far, which work with conservation, education, research, and habitat work in this region. And 15% of sales from my website for certain collections goes directly to these conservation organizations. And those include the Northern Jaguar Project, So any jaguar designs from the website, 15% go straight to them. The Tucson Audubon Society, any owls from the website go directly to them. The Colectivo Sonora Silvestre, and they're from Hermosillo Sonora, Mexico. Uh, All of the bat designs or 15% of bat sales goes directly to them. And then the last one is the Tucson Herpetological Society, and they... Get fifteen percent of the tortoises and horned lizard design sales, oh, and the, yeah, I just thought it was very. It seemed it felt important to give directly back to. I mean, I'm using these images in my art, and I want I want there to be like a really tangible, like yes, we love how these animals look, and people are excited about these animals, but let's like give it give it back, you know, like right. ha- have it go full circle, so that we're actually showing our appreciation in a tangible way to those animals, yeah, and habitat.
0: That's really beautiful, and it's so thoughtful. I'm sure these organizations are fully appreciative, and it's very inspiring.
1: Yeah, it creates a, a stronger connection to the community, which I like also.
0: Absolutely. You know, thinking about the the animals and the plants, do you, do you go out, you know, is this like hiking, or do you work with the organization's, I know that like Northern Jaguar Project, for example, they have cameras out in many areas that are protecting the jaguars and capture images, especially at night. It'll see images you work from. I I do go hiking and I see things.
1: I mean, I've never seen a jaguar, of course. <laughs> um, but I have been invited down to their preserve. I've never, I've never gone. But so yeah, just like hiking out out outside of Tucson and getting that joy from just being out in the beautiful desert. And then when I do the actual designs, when I sit down and actually do the carvings, I'll get, I'll find um, like a number of images and I'll just print them off. And so I base, I look at images while I do the carvings.
0: There's so, there's so much depth in your carvings and texture. They're very stylized as well. So that's, that's one thing I really appreciate. I I've seen them in person. Your pieces, and I know. Oh yeah, that's definitely heliotrope. <laughs> that's a heliotrope <laughs> design. That's a spring piece. Yay! I love that. What advice do you have for artists that are maybe thinking about going into a medium like metal smithing? I would really recommend
1: taking a class at the community college here, or anywhere, wherever they're at. Check and see if their community college offers metal smithing classes. Uh, it's a really good chance to try a lot of different um, methods and techniques in metalsmithing, which is really a vast world of styles and techniques. And um, just getting a good sampling of that in a beginning metalsmithing class can be really helpful and see to, to see if you really want to get into it or to see if you want to f- focus on a certain aspect of it. And uh, those community college classes are pretty cheap you know, relatively affordable. There's also Parks and Rec sometimes offers those types of classes. And that's another way to just use equipment before actually investing a lot of money into having your own equipment. Um, There are community studios in some cities. There is one in Tucson. And that is super helpful because you can learn from the people there, take workshops, um, use all of their equipment, get advice from other people just in the community who are also there and that's one way to really get into it without fully committing by buying a bunch of equipment
0: (laughs) right right and then um once you if you decide right and you get the equipment you have your studio set up what do you think about bringing in help or other like forms of like resourcing assistance yeah when
1: the When the time is right, I definitely really recommend hiring a studio assistant. If you find yourself not having enough creative time and kind of just getting bogged down by putting shipping boxes together or like writing tags and labels and doing the less creative stuff, then I really recommend trying to hire a studio assistant, even if it's Mm -hmm. part-time, so that you could, so that you as the artist can focus more on the design work and doing the part that you actually like to do, the why you got into metalsmithing in the first place. And then, so it takes some of that pressure off and it gives you more creative time. Yeah. And then as far as outsourcing anything else that is a, a time suck for the business and for your creative time, outsource whatever whatever you can. An example of that would be like hiring someone to take care of the taxes or accounting which was something that was taking up a lot of my time and just like mental space too. I was always worried about that kind of stuff or that I was doing it wrong. Some people don't like working on the website, so you could outsource that. Outsource social media if that's not your thing. Uh, One thing I I did last year was I reached out to a casting company in Albuquerque. And what they do is they cast designs for jewelers from all over. And so a little they just do some of my designs they'll do like they're just working on my my small design so I just outsourced some of my casting so that I because it, I would just couldn't I didn't have the capacity in my studio anymore
0: wow okay so you'll send the sculpted wax for more yep um, okay and then they'll they'll give it bring it back already yep. um that's really great congratulations on so much growth um your story is just really inspiring and uh, I just love seeing how how you're growing and your family's growing and thriving. So much like pride, uh, regional pride in your work. Um, Just lastly, I just wanted to know if you want to take a few minutes, if there's anything you're working on that you want to talk about or dreams for the future. Um, anybody else you want to
1: shout out? It is my hope that uh, that people put their own energy into their heliotrope piece and that it becomes significant to them in their own way. So that's kind of like the goal of these designs, that they, you know, if they want a Coyote tie to remind them that they're a survivor or a Saguaro to remind them of where they came from, or maybe a Jaguar to remind them that they're just really strong. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a goal for me, but it's totally up to them. And I just hope that each piece is empowering or significant in some way, in their own unique way for each person.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your inspiration right through this, this form, through your metalsmithing and fashion sculptures. I really appreciate uh, learning more from you. And thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much, Janae. This has been Artist Stories featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez.